Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, Culture Kids. Welcome to our show. We are a family podcast dedicated to empowering a generation of kind and empathetic innovators and citizens of the world. Join us today as we hop back on our culture train to Tanzania, located on the eastern coast of Africa along the Indian Ocean. We are joined by the talented chef Amalu, a native to Tanzania, owner of Serengeti Kitchen. Hello, hello. My name is Asher and I'm your host along with my mom, Kristen. Before we get started on our episode today, did you know you could be on our show? Check out the links under show notes or visit our Instagram page at Culture Kids Media to see how you can be a part of our show. Yay! Well, let's hurry up and get our bags because we have a train to catch. All aboard! And here we go. Welcome to Tanzania. From the mighty Kilimanjaro to the vibrant markets of Zanzibar, Tanzania is a treasure trove of natural wonders and cultural delights waiting to be explored. We'll savor the flavors of delicious local food and learn about various things from aromatic spices to dining etiquette. Now let's meet our guest, Chef Amalo. Hey, Asher. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Culture Kid. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for meeting us here. We're so excited to explore another country in the continent of Africa. Yeah! But first, could you tell us about yourself? Yes. So uh, my name is Amalu Saleh. I go by Chef Amalu. I was born in Tanzania. I moved to England, United Kingdom, when I was at the age of 15. In 2013, I moved to United States with my husband and my children. And since then, we've been here. I own the Serengeti Kitchen. This is a catering company. We specialize in Tanzanian cuisine, and we are based in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, you lived in several different countries. Uh, uh. I've only lived in America, but my mom lived in Korea too. One of the unique things I love about Chef Amalu's cooking is that she brings inspiration from the countries she's lived in into her traditional Tanzanian dishes. It celebrates where she comes from while embracing new flavors. Yes, so I always try to keep it as authentic, but maybe less spicier in terms of uh, flavor. The response has been really overwhelming in a good way. You know, come to learn, I need to be completely authentic. Oh, that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Because spicy things are hard for me to eat. 
Mommy does that too at home. She makes Korean dishes less spicy for me and my baby sister Arden. Yes, and as Chef Amalu said, it's important to celebrate and honor the true flavors of the traditional dishes from her home country. But it could be very interesting to add new touches or additions that families or communities might enjoy. I do keep in touch with a few chefs in Tanzania, so they do keep me updated with anything new, something that is trending, you know, to keep my skills up. I mean, that has helped me to manage that part. Last week, we celebrated the culture and cuisine of Cape Town, South Africa, which is another very diverse country in the continent of Africa. Could you tell us more about Tanzania? Yeah, so in Tanzania, we have main language is Swahili, but we also have big population that speaks English. So English is like our second big language and official uh, language as well. Cool. What is Swahili? Swahili is a language spoken by many people in East Africa, especially in places like Tanzania and Kenya. What makes Swahili so unique is its history. It's a blend of Bantu languages, which are a group of African languages, with hints of Arabic and Persian influences. When people speak Swahili, they are representing a rich history of trade, culture, and connections, influenced by lots of different ways of speaking and living. Cool. Are there other languages besides Swahili and English? I'm glad you asked that, Asher. On top of that, we also have 120 ethnic groups. And most of these ethnic groups, they have their own language. Wow. That's a lot of languages. <laughs> Sounds like Tanzania is also a very diverse country with lots of different types of people. Yes. Where is it located in the African continent? So Tanzania is uh, located on the eastern coast of Africa. It's a country with rich and diverse culture landscape. And also we have a boost vibrant of, um, you know, art and, art and craft. We have traditional fabric called batik. So we will use these to make our traditional clothes. Thank you for sharing that. We love learning about how different cultures have their own unique traditional clothing or designs that have been passed down for many generations. Batik fabrics feature colorful and eye-catching patterns, and the designs can include anything from geometric shapes and swirls to nature-inspired symbols. Mom has shown me some batik designs, and they are very colorful and exciting. They make me happy to look at because it's so colorful and pretty. And we also do uh, bead work. A lot of these reflects on sort of like uh, describe what their culture is. Bead work like jewelry? <gasps> exactly. As Chef Amalu mentioned, in Tanzania, beadwork holds significant cultural and artistic value. It is not only beautiful to look at, but it serves as a form of cultural expression, preserving and celebrating Tanzania's rich heritage. Oh, cool. 
And for our grown-ups, you can check out our Instagram page at Culture Kids Media to take a look at some of the stunning beadwork and batik designs we just discussed. And also, we are known to have the third highest mountain in the world, Mountain Kilimanjaro. It's uh, located in a Moshi, rather, that is also that uh, in Tanzania. And uh, we have uh, Serengeti. Serengeti is one of the biggest safaris in Africa. So that's where I, ins- I got inspired and got my name of the business, Serengeti Kitchen. I've never been to a, a safari in Africa, but that sounds like it'd be so cool. I love animals. A Serengeti safari is an incredible journey through the vast plains of the Serengeti in Tanzania, where you can see wildlife, including lions, elephants, and zebras in their natural state. Oh, yeah. Wow. Now, on to our chef's area of expertise. Food! F-O-O-D. Can you tell us some important background information about the flavors of Tanzanian cuisine? Uh, so in those uh, years and years ago, we had uh, Arabs who came to do uh, trade business and we had Europeans. And when the European came, they also brought Indians to work for them. So all these people who uh, came to Africa at that time played a big influence on Tanzanian culture and cuisine. Thank you for sharing this. Even when Tanzania went through challenging times in the past, its communities found special ways of cooking to create unique dishes that reflect their strength and resilience. The history with this mix of both good and tough moments has become a source of pride, shaping the delicious foods they share today. And this will define itself by the the kind of spices that we are using, how we cook our food, and even how we eat. So it's a very uh, interesting culture and I am very proud of it. Well, we are so happy to celebrate your culture, your family and learn more. So Chef Amalu, could you tell us what the flavors of Tanzanian cuisine is like? From looking at photos, everything looks so warm, rich and even colorful. I would say most of our food, I will categorize it as a comfort food. I love comfort food because it's supposed to make you feel warm and happy. It's like a warm hug in your belly. That's a really nice way to put it, Asher. (laughs) I'm very interested to learn about the different spices you use in your culture. We talked about this in our last episode, but in our house, the main ingredients we always use are soy sauce, garlic, and sesame seed oil. Mommy says it's almost in everything. Wow. Most likely if you go in in a, a household in the kitchen, the kind of spices that you will find, the first one will be the cardamom. Oh. I've actually never used cardamom before but I'd love to try soon. They, they, just, they just do wonders in our food. I believe they add the warmth, the floral flavor, and then we also use the same spice on our desserts a lot. And even on our spicy tea, we drink a lot of spicy tea and this is one of the main ingredients in our tea. Mm. 
Whoa, so you could use it in food, desserts, and tea. That's a busy spice. It's a busy bee. Ow! I'm definitely adding this to our grocery list. Good, I'll sniff it. And then um, the other one will be cinnamon. We use a lot of cinnamon stick. I know like, for example, here in America, they, we use a lot of cinnamon powder, but um, in Tanzania, we use uh, cinnamon stick and we tend to remove it when we're serving the food. We, we just use the aromatic flavor that it's gonna bring. Oh, mommy puts the sticks in our tea and I thought it was a brown paper straw. They do kind of look like straws. Um, another spice will be uh, clove. We uh, really enjoy this. It's a one. It's an intense um, spice, more stronger, mm. and often added to stews, curries, and desserts. And um, the other one would be cumin seeds. Mm -hmm. uh, we use a lot of cumin seeds in our uh, curries, or we have a, a special traditional rice. It's called pilau rice. And this might sound similar like pilaf, but it's completely different. The flavor is completely different. And I can also add one more turmeric. <laughs> we like this as well, uh, as it adds that color, the warmth. We like it in our dishes a lot as well. This is fun. I know turmeric. It's very orange. Mommy says it's stained everywhere. We do use a lot of turmeric at home, but I'm also very curious to use some of these other spices we normally don't use. We will definitely have to do a taste test at home. Chef Amalo, could you share some of your favorite Tanzanian dishes? Yeah, so we have uh, something called uh, mandazi. Mandazi is a popular Tanzanian fried bread that resembles a donut. So it's less sweet. And uh, this one is infused with cardamom. So it's less, less doughy as well. So these are very common, very popular. You'll find them on the street, especially for breakfast. Donut breakfast! My favorite kind! Uh, we also have something called um, vitumbua. Explain them as coconut rice pancake. Yum, yum, yum. So this is made out of rice. I love rice. So the actual rice, you soak it overnight, it becomes soft and then you blend it with coconut milk. In Tanzania, we use a lot of coconut. I want to try it. The idea of creating a pancake with rice mixed with coconut milk sounds very rich and warm. And is there a snack you really like? So we have a, a street snack. This one is called cachata. So cachata is a coconut and peanut brittle, like sweet, crunchy, and incredibly addictive. <laughs> and normally you will find these on the street around 4 p.m. We you'll find uh, street food. People are selling these with uh, black coffee. That sounds like a wonderful pick me up, especially for grown-ups. Mm -hmm. Here at Culture Kids, we also love learning about different etiquettes around the world. By learning about how our friends practice etiquette at home, it shows that we are building bridges by celebrating our differences together. Are there any etiquettes we should be aware of while dining at a traditional Tanzanian household? Yeah, so we do. We have a, a traditional that uh, before and after eating, 
uh, one should wash their hands with soap. This is like a traditional I never miss. So if you have a guest, you'll be given like a container with a jar of water and soap and towel to, you know, prepare yourself before eating. Oh yeah, we always wash our hands before eating too. And this is, is changing with time, you know, with people, uh, lifestyles and everything. Uh, the food will be served communally, like in one big plate and you all sit down on the floor and eat together. And the guests are encouraged to try a bit of everything that is served. Oh, eating on the floor sounds so fun. We sit down on the floor sometimes, but on a low table. Is the food on the floor too? Food also will be on the floor. So the food will be on a plate. So we'll have like a, a little uh, rug and we all sit down and the food will be on a plate, uh, but on the floor. So is this commonly practiced everywhere in Tanzania or just in traditional households? Yeah, so I would say it, it depends. So if you are going to go on a city official like um, restaurants, you know, it's not practiced, but uh, some homes, they still practice it and they might have both the table, but they just prefer to uh, keep the traditionals. Uh, even myself here with my family, sometimes we do it. It just brings memory and just uh, good feelings. I love that. Reminds me of family picnic. Uh, and then we also do press appreciation. So when you're invited in someone's home, you know, praise the cooker, you know, like uh, appreciate the hard work they did to cook. Uh, or even if you were, you've eaten and then you are offered more, if you refused is, uh, well, not refused, maybe you're full or something, you know, it, it can look as if it's disrespectful. So somebody will take maybe even a bite. Yeah, just to show that, uh, that you, you appreciate uh, the hospitality. Oh yes, this is something I'd love to discuss. So in Korea and many cultures around the world, preparing food for your guests is a big act of love and hospitality. So a lot of times refusing to eat something that they made or turning down their hospitality might be considered bad manners in some cultures. But what if I'm just so full? Grandma in Korea always seems sad when I don't want to eat more and more and more. Oh yes, of course, you should always listen to your body first and check with your grown-ups before trying anything new that you aren't sure about. Because someone could have allergies or they might have a personal or religious reason. But if the situation is okay to do so, it can be fun to try new foods. And in some cultures, it's a way to show gratitude to the person that made you the food. And plus, it could be your next favorite food. Yeah, you never know. This was so much fun, but sadly, it is time to hop back on the culture train for our next adventure. Chef Amalu, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? This is for the grown-ups. So uh, if you ever come to Charlotte, uh, you can get to know us better by contacting us. We are available at serengetichef.com or Instagram serengeti.kitchen and Facebook Serengeti Kitchen. And I'm looking forward. Thank you, Chef Amalu, for sharing your rich traditions and culture with us. We are so grateful for the opportunity to celebrate you and your family. Come back again soon. And to our Culture Kids family, 
what do you think it might be like to visit Tanzania or try Tanzanian foods? Let your imagination soar as you dream about going on a safari, or you might spot lions, elephants, and zebras in the wild. Or you can ask your grown-ups to see if you can embark on a spice adventure together. Choose a spice we learned about today, like cardamom, and smell it. What do you think it might taste like? It's like bringing Tanzanian flavors into your home. Remember that great big adventures can start anywhere, even in your own kitchen. So stay curious and discover how you can celebrate Tanzanian culture with your family. A joke. Okay, go for it. What do you call a pile of kittens? A pile of kittens? What? A meowton. Excellent. Mountain. Meowton. Mountain. Meowton. All right, I got one. What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? What? Sophisticated. <laughs> get it? Sophisticated. Sophisticated. I get it. <laughs> well, that's all we got today. But stay tuned for episodes with Polynesian Cultural Center on the islands of Hawaii. Stephen Sharp Nelson from the Piano Guys, and we're going to continue and visit more countries in Africa. If you love Culture Kids, please take a minute and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. So more families can find us and become globetrotting explorers. Check the links in our show notes and see how you can be on our show too. And now Asher has been waiting very patiently for this, but he would like to challenge any other fellow podcasters out there for the longest buy in the world. Go ahead, Asher. Okay, bye. We've all been there. You're standing in a museum, staring at a painting, and all you can think is, I don't get it. To me, knowing the story behind an artwork is a huge part of knowing how to look at it. I'm Amanda, the host of the Art of History podcast, where we view history through the lens of some really great works of art. Each episode, we dive deep into the bigger picture behind some familiar and maybe not so familiar pieces. Check out Art of History now wherever you get your podcasts.